We're celebrating a Friday on a Wednesday here on Locked On Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today is January 5th. It is a Wednesday, Wednesday, January 5th. And I mentioned in the intro that we're going to be celebrating Friday here today. And that's not because, you know, I'm looking for I'm not, I'm not looking towards the weekend just yet, but tomorrow, meaning Thursday because I'm recording this on Tuesday, you know, so on Thursday, I'll be recording an interview with Jordan Lazowski of Sox on 35th. I gave you guys that homework for a reason, right? Go read his article, What Happened to Craig Kimbrell on the White Sox. It's a great read, very 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 in-depth, and you're going to learn a lot when I talk to him on Friday. I'm going to learn a lot to him when I talk to him on Friday. We're going to record on Thursday. You'll hear it on Friday. But that's why we're going to do uh, some Friday fun today. It's not going to be all fun. We do have to talk about some lockout here on this episode. And we'll start off. We'll get that out of the way right away. Because, again, it is a Friday, right? We'll get through We'll get through the boring stuff early so we can have some fun late. Then in the middle, we'll do the quiz. It's a Friday. Got to do a quiz. Got to do a quiz. We're going to do the quiz made by Ted Sox 31 on Sporkle. Who has appeared in right field for the Chicago White Sox since 1990? There is 177 players who have appeared in right field. I'm excited to name all of them, and you know I will. I'm going to get 100%. I have to. And then finally, we'll leave you on some Craig Kimbrell talk. Got a brief check-in on the trade. We'll, We'll talk about the swap for Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer for Craig Kimbrell between the Sox and the Cubs. So we'll talk about all that on this episode, and again, Jordan Lazowski will be joining us on Friday if all goes to plan, if we have no technical difficulties or anything like that. Jordan Lazowski, Sox on 35th. He'll be joining me on Friday. We'll be talking about the Craig Kimbrell trade and what happened to Craig Kimbrell on the White Sox. And is there fixing to be done? Can they fix him? Can we fix him together as a team? We'll talk to Jordan and try to figure that out. But let's talk some lockout. There's a reason we're not talking about some you know, free agent signings, some trades. We're currently locked out. The MLB season went into a lockout shortly after December 1st, and little to no progress has been made since. However, Max Scherzer, maybe you've heard of him, former Cy Young winner and uh, currently rich man made by the New York Mets, a three-year deal, I think above, what was it, 133 or something, $133 million. The dude's rich. He's got a lot of money now. And you know what they say, mo money, mo problems. And now, part of getting that mo money, Max Scherzer is a part of an eight-player executive subcommittee for the Players Union. And Max sat down with Jorge Castillo of the LA Times and talked about the negotiations that they are about to head into. And they are supposed to, and they are expected to restart this month, the negotiations between the Players Union and the MLB. And this is what Scherzer and the players are hoping for. Max says, This negotiation is about the integrity of the game from our eyes. 
We feel as players that too many teams have gone into a season without any intent to win during the past CBA. Even though that can be a strategy to win in future years, we've seen both small market and big market clubs embrace tanking, and that cannot be the optimal strategy for the owners. As for the service time manipulation part, there are other forms of it beyond the obvious Chris Bryant example. Teams are putting long-term discounted extensions in front of players before a player even makes their debut. They're told to take the extension and you will be in the big leagues tomorrow, but if you don't sign it, you will stay in the minor leagues. Playing the big leagues is everyone's dream, and teams are now leveraging that desire to gain financial control over a player's career. No duh, Max. That's why the Chris Bryant grievance case is so important to all of us players, because if it could happen to him, it can happen to anyone. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I don't know if it could happen to anyone, Max, because Chris Bryant is really only, uh, there's only one Chris Bryant out there. There's only one Max Scherzer, and there's really only a handful of $100 million deals that are being made, and truly only a handful amount of prospects that are being manipulated uh, with their service time like that. So, I mean, I don't know if it could happen to anyone, but I'll just digress and, and stop being a snarky person. But I think Max makes a lot of points, and the reason I'm bringing this to you today, White Sox fans, you the listener, why does why does this matter to you? And I, I probably don't have to spell it out for you or, or point it out, but him mentioning teams putting long-term discounted extensions in front of players before players even make their debuts, well, I mean, you can look no further than the Chicago White Sox for that. Eloy Jimenez is a player that got a long-term deal before his debut, Luis Robert got a long-term deal before his debut. And if my math is right, there's only been five total long-term discounted extensions before a player has made their debut. And there's only five of them. Well, two of them are from the White Sox. And two of them, the most, two most notable ones, are White Sox players, Robert and Jimenez. And again, you might be asking, why does this matter? And I think to a recent email we got from Adam Garcia, shout out Adam, and he wanted me to predict the roster for 2025. And I might still do this. We are in the middle of a lockout, so I got time and I need time to kill and I need topics. So thank you, Adam, for the topic. But it's tough to really look forward or look that far in advance to 2025 because I'm not sure how teams will be able to operate. I mean, the White Sox have now built a franchise off of something that the players see as a dirty tactic, as Scherzer says, leveraging the players' debut against them, their dream of making it into the MLB against them so that they get a discount. It's dirty. It it is an absolutely dirty, dirty tactic, but it is within the rules. So the White Sox, of course, any way they can save money and any way they can save money to build a World Series team, obviously they're going to take it. And the White Sox have been taking a lot of those advantages, and it extends past Luis and Eloy. The very extreme cases of zero service time before the extension. I mean, they've been getting long-term discounted extensions for a while now. Yohan Moncada got a long-term extension And that one might be the least egregious of the White Sox extensions because his is worth five-year, $70 million, and it will end 2024. And there is a club option in 2025 for $25 million. 
But after how he's performed, you know, that, that, that doesn't look like an absolute steal. That was a guy that they were expecting to hit at least 20 home runs, and he missed that mark last year. He was still a fine player, but didn't produce to the way that they think they expected him to. But to go down that line even more, Tim Anderson signed an extension before the 2017 season, and that was before he exploded. I mean, it was six years, $25 million. Right now, this season, going into the season, Tim Anderson's going to make under $10 million. And if you go to Spot Rack and look at the average salary for shortstops, Tim Anderson comes in at 16th behind Paul DeYoung, Miguel Rojas, Jorge Polanco. Do I need to go further? Giovanni Urshela? I mean, he is severely underpaid. And that's because they got an extension very, very early. They weren't sure what Tim Anderson was going to turn into, and he wasn't sure either. And that's why he took the money right away, because money's not guaranteed in the MLB. I mean, if you want to get like technical, it is all guaranteed, but getting money when you're young is not guaranteed, and that's why the players are fighting. And I guess I would just like to finish this segment up by saying, you know, your favorite player might be getting underpaid, and that's just because of the dirtiness of baseball. And I'm really hoping that the players win this battle. And to talk about Max's point of tanking, something that they really, really want to put an end to, you can look no further than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Their opening day salary in 2021, $31.3 million. That was last in the MLB. You go to 2004, their opening day salary, $32 million. That was the third lowest in the MLB that year. So overall, I think teams should be spending more money. I think players deserve more money when they are younger. And if they do, teams like the White Sox that look to stick to their budget and find creative ways to maximize their budget, they can be truly hurt with this upcoming CBA. And it's going to be interesting to see. Because thankfully, I mean, I guess for White Sox fans, thankfully they did the bad stuff before it got taken out of the game. You know, obviously Luis Robert and uh, Elo Jimenez had to sign those deals before they played. And again, it was their choice at the end of the day. But Max is right that a lot of these players just get their dreams leveraged against them. And at the end of the day, why wouldn't a player, especially someone who's 21 years old, turn down 80-something million dollars? And yeah, 80-something million dollars is a lot to a 24-year-old. But go ask 20-year-old Wander Franco, who just got $200 million. Like, your worth is a lot more than what they are paying you. And I think that Tim Anderson would tell you no different. And I think Elo Jimenez and Luis Robert, especially if he has a great year uh, coming up in 2022, will tell you no different as well. And hey, if you're like Luis Robert and you're looking to have a good 2022 You know, it is the new year. That does mean it's time for New Year's resolutions. And if your resolution is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good and you'll want to eat it. Unlike any other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spill, these taste delicious. I remember stealing some out of the 670 The Score drawers when Tanny was using them to cut down his weight throughout 2021. And they're not lying when it, it does, when they say it tastes like a candy bar. I mean, I've had other protein bars. This one tastes out of anyone on the market, this one tastes the most like a candy bar. But compared to a normal 240 calorie candy bar, 
Built Bar is only 130 calories, only 4 grams of net sugar, and most importantly, 17 grams of protein. So head over to Built.com and go check out all their great flavors. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Again, a reminder, tomorrow we're going to have Jordan Lazowski of Sox on 35th on the show. Talk about Craig Kimbrell in a White Sox uniform. Probably sprinkle in some Dylan Cease questions as well. But now we are going to head into our Friday fun on a Wednesday. I know it's January 5th. It's a Wednesday. Don't worry. It's not a Friday. You don't have that two o'clock meeting, you know, with Johnny Bigwig, right? It's just a Wednesday. Sean's pushing it a little bit forward because he's got the Jordan interview. It's all good. Don't worry. Our quiz today, who has appeared in right field for the Chicago White Sox since 1990? There are 177 players. They tell me I have 20 minutes on the clock. I'm going to go a little bit quicker than that, though. We're going to try to name as many guys as we can in five minutes. If you want to play along with me, the link should be in the podcast description. And shout out to TedSox31 who created this on Sporkle. For this quiz, we get two pieces of information. We get how many games the player played in right field and what year. All right, so if you're ready, I'm ready. We're going to start the clock in three, two, one. Here we go. All right, first off, 2021, there are a lot of names that played in right field here, so uh, let's just keep going. Uh, Vaughn Garcia, Andrew Vaughn, Leary Garcia, and thankfully, uh, when we type in some of these names, uh, multiple will pop up. So Leary just popped up for 2021, 2022, 2019, 2018. We also got Willie Garcia from 2017 and everyone's favorite all-star, Avi Garcia. And Avi Garcia actually pulled up in 2016, 15, 14. And Larry, Larry missed uh, right field in 2015, but he popped up for one game in uh, 2014. So we got some uh, Garcias off the board here. So 50 games in right field. Uh, I will have to say Engel, but was he hurt? No, Engel played 10. We got two for Adam Engel in 2020 and 2021. Uh, okay, the guy that played 50 games just popped into my head, unfortunately. It's Adam Eaton. Everyone, welcome back, Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton's going to pop up a little bit lower here in 2016. He played 113 games in right field. All right, so we still have somehow seven more players who played for the White Sox in right field in 2021. Brian Goodwin played 41 games for the White Sox. In 2021, I also think Billy Hamilton probably played a couple games in right field. He played two games out there. Gavin Sheets played a couple games. He played 11 games for the White Sox out in right field. I'm now stalling because I can't think. Uh, Eaton, Engel, Garcia, Goodwin, Hamilton, and Sheets are the 2021ers I have. Oh, and Vaughn. Um, I could also throw in Danny Mendick. He played out there for a little bit. I think Rami Gonzalez also might have had a little bit of appearance. Oh, also... Luis Gonzalez. So, so far in 2021, we have Eaton, Angle, Garcia, Luis Gonzalez, Rami Gonzalez, Brian Goodwin, Billy Hamilton, Danny Mendick, Gavin Sheets, and Andrew Vaughn. 
I don't think five minutes is going to be enough time. We got one more guy in 2021, and he has nine games. I'm going to skip him for right now. Uh, we'll get Ordonez, just because I know he's in there for a couple times. He popped up. I think this guy was only uh, left field, but I can type in Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee never made an appearance. Uh, Jermaine Dye obviously made an appearance in right field for the White Sox. We have 38 out of 177. I think Ross Glode probably played out there. Yes, he did. Yes, Josh Fields maybe. We get in a Fields appearance. No, Josh Fields never did. Uh, this is since 1990, so probably Sammy Sosa's on this list. Yes, he is. He is. 1991 and 1990. Um, now I think Joe Borchard. Uh, that's just names coming off my head. Joe Borchard. Yes, he did. Joe Borchard pop up, I think, on three different seasons here. I'm going to try Mike Cameron because he was in the system and he's on here. Mike Cameron, 1995 and 1996 and 1997, 1998. I had no idea he was a White Sox for four years. We got about two minutes left. I'm going to name everyone's favorite White Sox right fielder, uh, Milky Cabrera now. Was he only left field? Oh, no. Uh, I think from Alaska quiz, I can try Lasting's Millage. Uh, he didn't pop up uh, could try everyone's favorite, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yes, he popped up 2008 for one game. Shout out to that one game. I see that there is a player that played 42 games in right field for the White Sox in 2020. That has to be Nomar Mazzara, who is no longer on the team, thankfully. 2019, I think I can just throw out Del Monaco. Del Monaco. And then I think I could throw out Palka, and there's two right there. And Daniel Palka popped up a couple times, 54 out of 177. And we have about a minute left. I have to think strategy-wise here. I can't get up to 77. I could really realistically get to a nice round number at 55 uh, in the in the next minute if I just get one more. And I have no idea who played nine games for the White Sox in right field in 2021. No idea. Um, it's, I mean, it's not Luis Robert. We can try. Uh, it's not Cesar Hernandez. I don't know. I might, that's popping in my head. Um, I mean, it's not Grindall. It's not Sebi Zavala. It's not Zach Collins. Uh, who the hell? Oh, is it Jake Lamb? Is it Jake Lamb? Is it Jake Lamb? It's Jake Lamb! Yeah! I'm sorry. Oh, hell yeah. We got about... 20 seconds, and honestly, I'm just going to call it. I got the Jake Lamb thing. Uh, we got 31%. Average score is 37%. So in five minutes, in five minutes, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to brag here, but five minutes, people get 20 minutes. People get 20 minutes on this thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to the average score. Uh, some names that we missed recently, uh, Gerard Dyson, he played one game in right field, forgot that he existed. Ryan Cordell in 2019, forgot that he existed. Ryan Goins and John Jay. Charlie Tilson, I should have got the local product. I know Clay Thompson's coming back to uh, the Warriors soon. His brother Trace is on here. Also, the killer names of Alan Hansen, Reimer Liriano, Jacob May, Yomer Sanchez, and Jason Coates. Yes. JB Shuck is on here a couple times. Jordan Danks, I, I should have remembered him. Forgot about him. I mentioned him in a quiz a couple times ago. Uh, Alejandro Deaza and Adam Dunn. I mean, those are two big names right there. Diane Vicieto is another big name I missed. Uh, Kosuke Fukudome and Alex Rios. I should have gotten those. Uh, Dwayne Wise, I didn't think of him. And Aaron Rowan was another one. I probably should have got Aaron Rowan there. So I think the biggest ones I'm, I'm beat up about, Aaron Rowan, Dwayne Wise, Alex Rios, and probably the final one that I'm like really bummed I didn't get 
would be Rob Makoviak in 2007. Shout out to the Oakland product. Also, Scott Putsednik. Should have gotten him. Nick Swisher. Yeah, I didn't do too great on this one. And also, hey, A's, A's manager, Mark Kotze, played a couple games in right field. Missed Carlos Quinton, too. But I always thought of him more as a left fielder. So I, I when I did not get Carlos Lee, I did not think of Carlos Quinton. So not a great performance. But again, in five minutes, I'm happy. I could have done better, but I'm happy. And you know what? If you want to be happy, a happier better at least, Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Again, the offer is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Did you miss me? It's been a while since we talked. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be in your ear talking to you. Thank you for listening. And again, reminder, I know I've given, I feel like your mother. I keep reminding you over and over again about this. Jordan Lazowski's going to be here on Friday, okay? We're going to talk about Craig Kimbrell. If you want to read his great article, Sox on 35th, what happened to Craig Kimbrell on the Chicago White Sox. I think it's great reading for White Sox fans. And if you don't want to read it, Jordan's going to tell you about it on Friday, okay? All right. We just, just want to remind you. And it, it's okay. You know, I needed a reminder recently. I've been following Dan Simborski of Fangraphs, and he's been throwing out these 2022 zip projections on his Twitter, little, you know, little depth charts with these zip projections. And I found it interesting that, you know, I keep seeing, oh, Detroit Tigers. Wow. Oh, oh, Boston Red Sox. Wow. New York Yankees. Cool. And I'm like, where the hell are the White Sox? Uh, they came out in November. He, it was literally the first team that he posted were the White Sox. And here I am in January being like, where the hell are the zip projections for the White Sox in 2022? Like, I, I need a hobby. And thankfully, I can just say that Lockdown Sox is my hobby. And that hobby led me to looking at these damn zip projections. And, and these zip projections had me thinking about the Craig Kimbrell trade. And also, that's part of Jordan's articles got me thinking about the Craig Kimbrell trade. And I think about it, and I understand why the White Sox did it. And I had a weird feeling in my gut, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't mention this at the time, so you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I called it or anything, but I did have a, a weird feeling in my gut that, you know, everyone wanted the White Sox to make some move, and I was in that camp, wanted the White Sox to make a move. I didn't think they were going to go out and get Craig Kimbrell. I really was trying to manifest Chris Bryant on this team. Hello, how good would he be in right field? I got to get off that train, though, because I tried to manifest it and he didn't come here. So it shouldn't be. It's not meant to be. You know, I'm not, I'm not rooting from here for Chris Bryant to be on the, the White Sox in 2022 because I try to get that boat happening in 2021. If I, if I try to, you know, mess with the universe too much here, you know, I, I can be dealing with the, a lot of payback. But I think the general consensus of people after the Craig Kimbrell deal where 
Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. I was about to call Cody Hoyer Nick Hoyer and Nick Madrigal Nick Hoyer, but we didn't do that, thankfully. And again, I, I, I understand why people just wanted a deal to be done. People wanted them to improve their footing going into the playoffs. And I, I, I don't think that it was a bad choice. However, I just find it very odd, maybe not odd, but just you know, and I, I can't, I love White Sox content and Sox Machine probably puts out some of the best. Jim Margulis is a fantastic blogger, writer, author, and of course, Jim, back on November 22nd when this stuff drops, uh, had an article uh, and he kind of summed up my feelings that the White Sox zip projection reinforced notions about needs and you see the gaping hole at the White Sox second base position. And I don't know if Nick Madrigal would be the right piece there at second base. I think it's kind of like trying to shove an oval into a circle. It's close. And you could try it. I don't know if it will work, but hey, you know, if you get the right angle, maybe. But you look at the zip projections, and, and zip projections are nothing to be taken too seriously. Like, they're they're just a good way. And, and, and Jim put this, again, got a great writer. Uh, it's it's dream material, right? It's stuff for you to think about and just think about the White Sox. And in this lockout, there's nothing else to do but to sit here and think. And if you look at the White Sox 2022 zip projections, for second base, they are projecting Danny Menbick and Rami Gonzalez to be worth about 1.3 war at second base. For the Cubs, they are projecting Nick Madrigal to be at 2.3. Cody Hoyer solo war is projected to be around 0.8 war, but they are projecting him inning-wise to be around 68 innings and give up about 28 earned runs, so an ERA good for 3.71. And you look at the White Sox bullpen in 2022, at least according to zip projections, and there's not a reliever that's going to give you that type of workload and that type of quality innings. The closest thing that you get is... Craig Kimbrell, who obviously we're talking about right now, and he is projected to have a worse season than Cody Heyer, according to Zips. Only 48 innings, giving up 20 earned runs for an ERA of 3.75, a war of 0.6. So really, you look at that trade, and if we got the worst reliever out of the deal, and not saying that we did, and we'll talk to Jordan about how bad or how good Craig Kimbrell can be in 2022, because it's a lot more than the formulaic uh, zip projections, you know, I mean, this is math trying to compute what will happen. We don't know. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in our daily life tomorrow. I don't need to get too existential about this, but I am left here, maybe not dreaming, but wondering, and possibly it's a nightmare that maybe the White Sox traded Craig Kimbrell for the back half of 2021 just to be left in 2022 with a better reliever and second baseman on the other side of town because they were a little bit too impatient. Now, again, these are just thoughts. I'm just more, this is what I've, I've come to my conclusion, at least looking to these, these zip projections. And hey, we know what Nick Madrigal was out in the field. We know that he made a decent amount of base running errors. And we know that he has a very limited power ability. He's great, if not the best, at making contact and putting the bat on the ball but how much significant damage can he create, that is yet to be seen. 
but I will really need to talk to Jordan Lazowski on Friday to figure out, did the White Sox make a huge mistake by trading for Craig Kimbrell in the 2021 season? A lot of gray area there. A lot of gray area. We'll, we'll sort through it on Friday on Locked On Sox. You can call in to Locked On Sox at 312-566-8727. If you have any ideas, any ideas in your head, feel free to call in. Or you could write in at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Sox your first listen every day. Tomorrow slash Friday, I'll be talking to Jordan Lazowski about Craig Kimbrell. We'll try to get more concrete thoughts about the Craig Kimbrell trade. But now go make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I will talk to you on Friday. Unlocked on Socks.